iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. So you've got a lot of clippings there, haven't oh, you? I I, you know, I've got this new um, regime where I, I go up to my office at home. Yes. And I, I get a pair. Of, I've got a pair of scissors for this exact purpose. And yes. I, I do cutting out every morning. <laughs> OK. And do you know what? That was my first job at the BBC. What? Well, it out? was billed as a researcher in news information research, yeah. uh, which obviously I was really excited to get an interview. It must have been about 21 years old mm. and uh, and passed the interview and oh. thought, right, I'm absolutely made. Yeah. And the job was to cut articles out of newspapers in the morning mm-hmm. and to file those articles in folders in big filing cabinets in the afternoon. Gosh, and did the hours fly by? <laughs> they went so slowly. Yeah, I, I had a job once where all I did all day was photocopying. <laughs> And uh, I know people have to, these are jobs that do need doing. Yeah. um, Oh, no, I was very grateful to that one. Yeah. There were a lot of subsections. So there'd be things like uh, Chile, in brackets, women, in brackets, cooking, in brackets, pots, in brackets, something else. Pots. Well, of course, that gives me the opportunity to mention our guests on the the podcast today. Yes. Who were Alice Levine and Jamie Morgan, Morton, Morton, Jamie Morton, do apologise. He's significant because it's his dad who, who wrote... Who's written a porno. Well, it's not... Is it porn or is it an erotic novel? I think if they're titled their hugely successful podcast, my dad wrote a vaguely entertaining, slightly salacious erotic novel. Okay. It wouldn't have had the same impact as my dad wrote a porno. Which does sound direct and, let's be honest, a little bit titillating. And the porno in question is, well, we better explain what happens in their podcast, first of all, because it's not like this podcast, everybody, because it involves three mates who all of whom met actually at Leeds University where they were doing. I mean, I did some of this and it was truly dreadful. I'm sure theirs was better. Student television. Have you got any tapes? <laughs> no. If anyone's got any tapes, I'd like to see them. Honestly, I'll pay good money. No, there, there weren't any of of my. But, but honestly, I'm not being funny. But I don't think a single person ever watches student television generated by university students. I think it's just. But purely, that's a, yeah, that's a good thing, though, isn't it? It's it is a lovely good, way it's a very to cut good. your teeth. Anyway, that was how Alice met Jamie and James, who's the other the collaborator on um, My Dad Wrote a Porno. But we only had two of the guests today because in our studio we've only got two chairs. Well, we've got four chairs, but we don't have any more than that. 
So when you've got a double-headed programme, you definitely can't have more than two guests. No. But they fitted in quite nicely and they came in to talk about the end of the podcast, which has had 450 million downloads. It's hugely successful. And the shtick of the format, if you've never listened to it, uh, is that in every episode they read out a chunk of Rocky Flintstone's Belinda Blumenthal adventures. So Rocky Flintstone is the nom de porn of Jamie's dad. He was what wrote the porno. And Jamie and James and Alice all take it apart and have hours and hours of probably not very clean fun. Yeah, but if you if you feel a bit angry on the part of um, Jamie's dad and think that he's being mocked, it's worth pointing out, as I think Jamie does in the interview you're about to hear, that his dad did send him the novel thinking it was pretty hot stuff and really rather good. So I'm not saying he was asking for the kind of level of global fame he's ended up with, but he did emphatically put himself out there first. Have you ever asked either of your children to critique any of your work? Have you sent them a little, you know, episode of I, this? No, I mean, I am going to say I think it's something that a man is more likely to do. I hope oh, I'm not wrong. Well, I, don't get them started. Well, don't get them started. I just do think it is something that a man that is some more... some men that some well no that men are more likely to do than women. I I don't I can't imagine a woman would send an erotic novel to her daughter and say, I think this is really rather good. Have a read and let me know what you think. But if you are that woman who's done exactly that, we'd love to hear tell from us. you. Yep. Uh, shall we hear the interview and then we'll do your clippings afterwards? <laughs> yes, I haven't got my clippings. I'm nervously. I've been quite nervous. You know, sometimes you're just more nervous. So I don't know why I've been quite nervous today. Have you? Yeah. Why would that be? Week I eight? I don't know. <laughs> sometimes you just get flutters, don't you? Yes. So look, let's join Jamie because we yeah. do start at the beginning where he's explaining uh, all of that, but he probably does it a bit better because it's his story. Our last ever episode is with my dad. You, and that is next week, isn't it? That's on the 12th of December. Okay. Um, you'll discover it couldn't have come from anybody else's brain. <laughs> he's very much... He's a maverick and he's... I do love him, but he, he needs he needs reining in somewhat. But yeah, he did, he did write these books. It's He's the ultimate wind-up merchant. I think over the years people have worried a little bit that we've been critical of him and that he would take offence. And once you meet him... Uh, or you'll hear him in this final episode, mm. I think those concerns will drift away because he's... he's. I think it's fair to say he's quite an eccentric guy. You yes, couldn't say it possibly, but fair. I can. Right. And did did he work in, in kitchens? No, he, he started his career in um, <laughs> in sales. Right. In the, I guess, the 80s? Late 70s, That's 80s. About my, he's about my age, yeah. so it would be the, yeah. the early 80s. Yeah. Um, and he specialised in coasters for a long time. Oh. Uh, until he left that sector and began to be a builder. And that's what he did most of his career. Sorry, he's, he was in coasters. I mean, <laughs> coasters, did, yeah. did you have a roof over your head from coasters? <laughs> Is it a profitable it was made thing? Of coasters. This was pre-me. Uh, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why he had to get a real job. Um, but he sold a lot of things. He sold cement, he sold coasters. See, you're uh, showing your naivety there. It's a huge industry, the coaster industry. I'm, yeah. th- I'm going to go straight home tonight and <laughs> I'm gonna just going coaster. to Google coasters. I've coaster been to your house, you've got coasters. I've only got one set though. Oh, I'm not sure, I mean, how many sets of coasters do you think most people have? Well, I mean, coasters, beer mats, he was very into oh, as well. Well, you see, he didn't mention know. that. He see, didn't mention that, the that diversification. Very much so. Yeah. You then found this novel. I mean, we're going with this because that's the story. And no, he sent it to me. It, what, this is the bit, okay, he me. sent it to you. Yeah. And he sent it, he just retired. Correct. And he decided he was going to dedicate his life to literature, <laughs> in his case, erotic literature, as it turned out. Right. Did you know it was erotic? 
No. So he oh. told me that he was writing a novel, which I honestly was all for, because great way to spend your retirement, you know, stay out of my mum's way. Uh, and it was only when I read the first, I think the first words are Belinda blinked, it wasn't a dream, the job interviewer just asked her to, remo- to remove her jacket and silk blouse. And a little bit of me died inside, and that kind of sparked this whole thing. So I was like, it, either I read it and pretend it never happened, or I read it and embrace it and find the funny side and show, show it to my friends and make a podcast. And what, what do you think your dad expected from you in sending it to you? I don't know. I Because I, as Alice says, he's such a wind-up merchant. I think he genuinely wanted to just mess with my head. I think he did it deliberately to be provocative and to be like, this will really freak him out, which it did, to be fair. So it's all been like a game of one-upmanship now. Um, I think you've won. I don't know, you know. I would say so. He's now... He's having a lovely time with Dad. (laughs) He's the ultimate winner here. He's got a a massive fan base, like... Because, you know, he is as involved in the show as we are. He owns 25% of the show. So he is, you know... He's, he's, he's a partner. We are business partners, in fact, We are business we? partners of Rocky Flintstone. You then, <laughs> Jamie, did the thing that nobody would do in the same circumstances. You right. took your dad's erotic fiction to the pub and read it to your friends. <laughs> yeah. Alice, what was your reaction? Well, there was a group of us, and when we first heard it, I think, obviously, there's a, the kind of wave of relief that it's somebody else's dad and not yours. Um, but we were hooked. You only had a few chapters, I think, at that Three, point. yeah. And so you, you basically just said can you shut up so I can get through it? Because we kept interrupting and asking questions and um, making, you know, smart remarks. Um, And Jamie was actually getting a bit annoyed and I think probably upset as it all was dawning on him. Um, And we kind of cleared the pub because a lot of it in that first chapter is, I don't know how much you can say on Times Radio, but... um, Reasonable. It's visceral. It's visceral. It is. Um, That job interview goes away that you wouldn't necessarily expect it to. Honestly. No. Yeah, there's there's areas that you see that you wouldn't expect to. There's, you know, lots of the clothes are lost quite early doors. Um, And we just loved it. And I particularly just became a bit obsessed with it and asked Jamie to send me the chapters he had so that I could read them to people because I just thought they were so funny. And there's a naivety to it. There's a sort of, like, smugness to it because he thinks he knows the world because he's been in sales. So he sort of has yeah. this kind of... There's sort of air of superiority that makes it really funny. To this day, he thinks that. But yeah. also there's just some rather odd vocabulary, isn't there? I mean, oh, your, yeah. your dad definitely hasn't done a kind of... He's not know, a gynaecologist, is Well, he's he? also no. not done a creative writing course at the University of East Anglia or something <laughs> like that, has he? He hasn't. He hasn't, blessed him. Yeah, like... Although there are words that, like, we... Like, runnel, we laughed at that. That is a word. Is that a rude word? Uh, no, it's... Well, it's I, depends I, well, what's running. In his context, it was. Um, a runnel of liquid was running somewhere, guys. Um, but, down, you know, down someone's thigh, wasn't it? That was it. We don't, we don't know from where. They could no. have spilled a drink. We don't uh, know. <laughs> But yeah, he is he's he he is very very uh, creative. You know, he once described someone's breasts as falling like the Lehman Brothers, for example. As what? Sorry, the Lehman Brothers. No, as something ad- falling, falling like falling like the Lehman, like a Brothers. massive crash on Wall Street. Basically, well, I mean that's yeah. a comparison, isn't it? <laughs> You could probably do a paint chart as well with the colours that yeah. he's described. There's certain pinknesses that he's uh, <laughs> that he's evoked yeah. that I think yeah. Farron Ball would be jealous of. And yeah. do you and have you uh, both of you ever read you know some of his latest offerings to you and thought actually that's really good porn <laughs> writing or even erotic? I mean, have you ever found it genuinely quite erotic? Has it worked? That's probably a question for you, Al, because it's never going to be erotic for me because he is my father. But I can't. Do you think? No, I can't say that that's ever happened. I mean, there are moments when, as the books have gone on, 
they've certainly become more dramatic and he's done some quite good cliffhangers and things I suppose and there's been certain chapters which are just about business so there's absolutely no sex whatsoever yes, there's quite a lot of pots and pans action yeah there's a yeah. lot about well you'd like of, that Jane. you know I did yeah shifting <laughs> units and things and yeah no exactly and like you know what's the best non-stick walk to buy and things yeah you yeah. get sometimes a bit lost um in the weeds with that stuff which are actually my favorite moments where he's just talking about you know budgets and stuff right so do you think he ever became self-conscious because of this unexpected success and fame and notoriety yeah I did wonder that because when we when we started he'd written had he written four books mm, yeah. so when we went into our into reading the fifth book and our, our fifth season um our prediction was that it would just be some sort of like strange amalgam of the greatest hits that he thought everybody wanted and it was actually just an even more distorted something yeah. than that it was it... the beauty is that dad doesn't know why the show's popular or funny because he wrote these seriously so he thinks this is all great high art <laughs> it isn't but also because he's been so lauded by so many people now he thinks that actually we're the idiots i mean he is the biggest erotic writer in the UK, if not yeah, in Europe, that's what or I was going to say. It isn't really a laughing matter anymore, is it? When no, you actually put it in those terms. I mean, uh, the way he looks at it, he's like, "Well, who's yeah. doing it better than me? Well, certainly, who's being read or heard by more people? Well, quite exactly. Him. Yeah, because he was inspired by E.L. James. So you know, yeah, the Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades, and he's like, if he, if, if if she can do it, then he can do it. So what's he going to do now? Because you've got very uh, successful careers. Alice is doing lots of stuff. You've got, you've made shed loads of money out of this. You've formed a company. What's going to happen to him though? I hope that he continues just being creative because that's for me as his son. I've actually loved seeing him grow with com- like seriously grow with confidence. That's and find so weird. That's so the wrong way round. A fan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I genuinely have, and it's it's been so nice to kind of do it with him and kind of show him the media industry, which he's had no idea about before. You always said when. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right, Anna. So, just a quick word on your mum. Is she? Yes. All, she's all right with this. She's okay. She's thrilled. I'm here with you guys. Yeah, um, but about the about she the doesn't listen fiction. to the to the to the podcast. She doesn't right. read the books. But you know, her son's been successful. Her husband's been successful. She's very happy. Mm. Yeah. So, what happens next, and do your fans get a chance to all come together in a, I want to say group hug, but no. I'm not sure they should. <laughs> they, could, they could bang a few pans, I suppose. They do. So, yeah, we, are, we, we have our, uh, the last chapter that we're reading is next Monday, and we'll be doing a global listening party. We do this every single series for the first episode. Um, and yeah, people from all over the world, Australia, America, the Europe, all get on Twitter together, and we listen to the podcast at the same time, press play at the same time. 
and we tweet along, which is really, really fun. So I think that'll be quite emotional, actually, because that's, that's the big farewell, really, isn't it? Yeah, if you see porn trending on Monday, then you'll know why. Oh, wait, we hope we're the reason why. Something else <laughs> might have happened. But um, yeah, that's a really nice way, because, because the people that listen are so funny. Hmm. And you know that Twitter can be a really vitriolic place yes. to be but also like really really funny place to be so that's quite a nice night that we look forward to every series where everybody is kind of throwing in their jokes mm. and having a and if you hadn't been time. doing the podcast would you have been as interested in the sexual i never know how to say this word mores mores of of the country because you've made some documentaries about britain having sex yes um i think it's really hard to look at jamie's dad's work and think of it as people having sex Mm. i mean it's quite different aren't they really it's so outmoded at times and so bizarre that i just don't even think of it as being like the things that i've explored in my documentaries i mean some of the stuff that he's invented i think actually some of the moves that he's invented i can't imagine are happening anywhere um because people would be breaking bones but um yeah i i think it's a really fascinating trajectory that we that, that that the kind of podcast has taken us on because it's obviously a joke and we started off very squeamish and kind of prudish almost and through doing it and through people messaging us and and, and being in touch we've had some really serious and and and, and quite sincere conversations like, about like, sex about what then go on um, well, i mean people talking to us about their sexual experiences their sexual um concerns sexual health, their relationships, the fact that, you know, we've made sex something that you can talk about because it was fun and funny rather than it being something sort of scary and intimidating. I think we've also sent up Rocky a lot for maybe some of his less contemporary thoughts on the well, way that people operate. Yeah. Allow me to interject with Please some... Please do. Come, you know, my feminist on. head on. Please do. He isn't always right, is he? No. About, no. About no. the female anatomy or indeed about what a lady might like. I would argue a lot of the time he's not right um obviously he's telling one woman's story and that woman is a very sexually liberated person um i think he's probably wrong about what goes on behind closed doors in the pots and pans industry and that that, that there's something to answer (laughs) to there but no i agree and like a big part of what we do is we talk about that and 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 we hopefully highlight that and i i I think you know one of the sometimes he's he is extraordinarily kind of open-minded though dare i say Mm. accidentally yeah i mean because the whole show is that you know that's the premise of the show is that we're kind of shining a light on this kind of antiquated view of sex do you Um, think is it a generational shift then yeah i think so sex will be different yeah from from your own from your age group absolutely and i think you know to your point he is because he is a you know he's a 60 odd year old man but he is He's got three daughters. He's got me, obviously, as well. My mum's a great feminist. He actually has subconsciously written quite a feminist book. And I think it was Emma Thompson who said it's the only porno that she's ever seen that passes the Bechtel test. So, you know, that's quite impressive when you think about it. It's about women. It's about their kind of... They're always in charge of the sexual Yeah, and people don't sort of have to come out and declare their sexual identity in any way. People sort of, you know, have sex with lots of different people of different genders and you know they don't they don't have to come and declare their label which feels quite modern and and, yeah. and he doesn't kind of get tangled up in that I don't he know. wrote that thing a few christmases ago he, he he wrote that uh labels are for gifts under the tree never for those who are sexually free for somebody in their 60s, that's quite impressive. <laughs> Good Lord, I'd like to pull a cracker and have that inside <laughs> it. 
That is quite Brilliant. profound, isn't it? Uh, so, so what happens for for all of you next? Do you immediately? I asked you this question before, and you both just laughed. Are you putting something into the RSS feed after your podcast You're finishes? With the RSS, RSS feed, my God! For our genuine listeners, can you define RSS feed? Yeah. So, so a, a podcast when you subscribe to it, you get a direct link into somebody's usually their device, and that doesn't die when the podcast dies. You could put something else on, and this, if you subscribe to it, you oh, would still have that. Okay. It would yeah. keep on coming. So that's a highly, highly lucrative thing if you've had 450 million downloads. Yeah, what are you putting in there? Yeah, well, what are you putting in the RSS feed, Jamie? Well, it's interesting. Because our show is narrative-based, people are constantly discovering the show and listening from the beginning, and there's six seasons. We get 10,000 new listeners a day who've never listened to My Dad Wrote a Porno ever before, who listen to it, have, have discovered it. Um, so the RSS feed, to use your term, uh, <laughs> will stay as active for as long as there are people out there wanting pornography. Um, but we will be using the feed to, I think we're going to do, to do some best of uh, packages. We're going to make sure that it's still active in a, in a, in, in a way. Maybe some never, be, never heard before bits. Yeah, I seem to think there's, there's some really good jokes I've made that I've never heard in the final episodes, which seems what, really do strange. Do, does your wit get cut out? I just feel like something's ha- it's probably yeah. a clerical error. I don't know. Something mm. strange has happened. Is she I, onto I, something, I, Well, I edit the show, so oh, I think okay, that's, okay. that's a thinly veiled <laughs> attack. Uh, oh. <laughs> Isn't it just proof, though, that it's actually really difficult to write erotic yes. fiction? That yeah. is properly, genuinely erotic. Bad. Oh, yeah. erotic. Yeah. yeah well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, it's hard to do it. It is hard. And you know what? I really kind of, you know, tip my hat to him for at least trying. And, you know, he didn't think it was any good, really. He thinks it's better than we think it is. But it is hard. And, like, and, you know, from being a builder to suddenly saying, I'm going to have a crack at a completely different career I think should be commended and you finished a book I mean the first book is 69 pages long so you finished a pamphlet but I think lots of people talk about writing books don't they and don't do it and he's written many many of them many many and can people ever buy his book Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You mean okay. you haven't? I haven't bought it. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so no, I'm really sorry. I'm very sorry. Christmas well, coming look, up. I was going to say, Jane, Christmas present sorted. Then. Yes, Secret yes, Santa. Please. So will he yeah. carry on writing? I just, think so, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can find anything Rocky Flintstone or My Dad Wrote a Porno based that hasn't been signed by him, it's worth a fortune. So if you can find something <laughs> that he hasn't scrawled his name on, keep it. Okay, what would your porn names be? Oh my Ooh, goodness! That's a good one. How do you work it out? There well, is, a, there is an, an it's app. your first pet's name, yeah, and then your mother's maiden name. And that's mother's maiden. It's the way to hack into people's I bank was accounts. Say, this we've isn't... done this. We've done that. So yeah. I think we'll be all right. What would they be? Jane's would. What was yours? Uh, t- Tiddler O'Neill. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. That's good. Yeah. I heard its favourite biscuit first, so mine would be fig roll, and then <laughs> fig roll Griffiths. Sounds quite fig good, actually. Griffiths. Yes, okay, yep, and yours? Um, I never had a pet, so I'll go down oh. the biscuit route. Um, Garibaldi. <laughs> Custard cream Ashley. That's actually fantastic. Custard it's cream quite, Ashley. It's, it's, quite, quite, it's yeah. quite sexy, actually, I'm isn't it? I'm feeling rather differently about you, Jamie, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Custard cream Ashley. Yes, Good okay. Lord. Alice Levine and Jamie Morton from the incredibly successful podcast that's about to end. My dad wrote a porno and Rocky Flintstone will be revealed as Mr. Morton, uh, Jamie's dad. But I suppose there's there's a small element of mystery surrounding it. I'm not sure I entirely buy the idea that Jamie's mum is completely cool with this. Because if it was me, I'd be absolutely incandescent. Not only that my husband was having smutty thoughts about a young woman called Belinda who worked vigorously with pots and pans, but 
that he'd had the brass neck to put it all out there. I would be a little bit upset if our family business turned out to be porn. <laughs> Can I just be honest? Well, it would be... <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's yes. face it, there's good money to be made there. Huge money. and um, Huge money is being yeah. made there. And neither of us are, you know, being naive about it or actually particularly kind of prudish about it. No. But I genuinely, Jane, uh, wouldn't want my family business to be in the world of pornography. But they've made a fortune out of this. They have kept people amused. You know, it all yeah. seems to be uh, thoroughly entertaining. Well, fortunately, we're in the business of just talking crap. So when our <laughs> kids find out what we do... They won't be all that embarrassed. <laughs> or will they? Well, they probably will be, yep, in some shape or form. Uh, thank you for your lovely emails. Uh, I think you probably need to do the one from Sandra at the top because it's about a book that you have recommended. Oh, you're going to pass it over to me? Oh, I'm sorry. Only, there is, got no, there's a paper shortage. I've only oh, got one I'm copy, so sorry. So. Uh, hello, uh, this is from Sandra. I'm having some random thoughts, she says. Oh, don't worry about that. We all have them. Uh, is Matt Hancock going to donate his money to dyslexia research from I'm a Celeb? Well, he did... Did I... I think he did actually mention dyslexia over the course of the weekend at some point. Did I see it? I don't know because I've completely and utterly lost interest in that programme. OK, um, I think we'll have to assume that he he did say, Sandra, he was giving some of his money to charity. So because he has mentioned his dyslexia, uh, let's let's assume that some of that money will indeed go to dyslexia research. Um, Jane, have you ordered your bacon lattice turkey or are you fully vegan this year? My arrangements this Christmas, Sandra, thank you for asking, are as complicated as I've ever could ever have dreamt of I'm really looking forward to it I'm driving to Liverpool with my children to spend it with my parents in their sheltered housing and I'm going to be cooking in their quite small overheated kitchen a meal that I hope will suit everyone there including the vegan and my 89 year old dad who doesn't understand what veganism is and indeed perhaps a couple of other elderly guests who may also be gracing um, our family Christmas. So I think it's going to be a big challenge. I'm already getting very resentful and angry about it and I can't wait to be able to tell you all about it in the new year. We will be having a turkey crown, Sandra, and yes, there'll be a nut roast accompaniment. I've also just downloaded the book The Pull of the Stars following your recommendation, taking a while to get into it, too much like the pandemic, but there's enough to keep me interested. I'm off to a Christmas fair today in aid of a local dog rescue charity. Right, Sandra, that book, The Pull of the Stars, I mean, it is about the Spanish flu and it certainly does have echoes of the pandemic. So I did warn people it was a claustrophobic and slightly terrifying read, but also a brilliant one. If you're looking for something else, read the book Widowland, which I'm reading at the moment by C.J. Carey. That's brilliant. That's a feminist dystopia, which I'm loving. Mm. And can I just chuck in Elizabeth Strout's latest, O. Oh, William? Yes. Uh, which won't take anybody very long, uh, but you just get deliciously lost uh, in her descriptions uh, of a quite old woman's mind and loves and likes and stuff. It's a very nice place to go uh, for a decent couple of hours. Uh, this is an email from Anna who says, I've just caught up with your naturist episode and it rather painfully brought to mind a French summer holiday a few years ago. I do love it when an email starts like this. When my other half and I were so irked by other people's children running riot at every campsite, we decided to book us and our camper van into a nudist site. Of course you did, Anna. Oh, yeah. Naively, we assumed it would be blissfully sprog-free because most parents would surely steer clear. 
Upon arrival, a 60-something female receptionist with waist-length grey hair greeted us, fully nude of course, although we knew it was a nudist sight. Nothing could have prepared us for so much flesh. Well, Anna. Grief. (laughs) We somehow managed, A, not to collapse into giggles, and B, keep looking the woman directly in the eye. But the terror upon being instructed to remove our clothing as soon as we'd pitched up was real. I recall we gulped a big glass of rosé before stepping out butt naked into the August sunshine. I have to say we found the whole experience extremely uncomfortable. There were many children there after all and the middle-aged men lying by the pool as they splashed about was weirdly discombobulating. I would really hate that, Anna, too. Also, all that sun cream application in tricky-to-reach places is not for the faint-hearted. Needless to say, we left after just one night, utterly relieved to be back in our humble shorts and T-shirts. We sold the camper van soon after our return to the UK. Naturism is clearly an acquired taste, and maybe our response during this particular encounter suggests that we are prudish, childish, and even a bit intolerant. But on balance... I think we can live with that. Well, I'm with you on so much of that, Anna, so very much. But also, I just, I really admire uh, your slightly ridiculously optimistic ambition, actually, that you were annoyed on beaches by the sound of other people's kids, but you thought being in a nudist colony would pose no problems at all for you. So there's something of... uh, I, I approach a lot of holidays like that, actually, Jane, and then find myself slightly stymied because I haven't actually enjoyed the peace and recreation that I was imagining would come my way. But I don't think I'd ever think, hmm, naturism would solve it. Yes, that'll be the answer. I have, thinking about that, though, I mean, I'm not, I, I, like our correspondent, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about small children being around lots of naked adults. But I think if it's all adults, it must be, a fan, in all seriousness, a fantastically liberating experience if that's your thing obviously if the weather's good i mean with my i've got very fair skin i i would i would not be suited i don't think to naturism in a hot climate and naturism in a cold climate isn't isn't for anybody so it's just that practicality so i'm basically ruling myself out of the whole yes. naturism game and Do you I know think a, that's a fine. friend of mine and i we went to a hotel in uh, in mallorca this a good few years ago we checked into the hotel at the front desk we've been going there every year for about five years uh, so we thought that we were valued customers and the manager came to the front desk and said i'm sorry but you can't have your room because something has occurred in it. Anyway, cut that part of the story short. Somebody had died in the room and they were waiting for the body to be removed. So he said that we've booked you into a hotel down the road. Mm. It's a very nice hotel. We're going to give you the keys for that. You can come back and have lunch with us on Sunday, but off you toddle. So we toddled off down the road Mm. and it was an adults-only hotel, which we wouldn't have chosen to book ourselves into. Right. And we both checked in. We kind of thought, this is strange. Can I say, when adults-only, it implies, for some reason... That term implies raunch. Well, we so we thought maybe it's just a place where they don't have any children. Yes, but oh dear, on our key, on our keys for the door, uh, it said, "Why don't you head down to the pool for some sharing?" And when <laughs> when we checked in, sharing went to, yeah, exactly. We walked down to the pool area, and. I can only, I've only ever experienced this that time Mm. in my life, just once in my life, where everybody did stop, all of these couples and threesomes, foursomes, whatever they were, they just watched my friend and I just walk through the pool area and the dining room. Uh, Fresh meats arrived was basically the look on their faces. So we stayed one night there. We asked for a table so far off down the balcony, we might as well have been in Menorca. 
uh, and then we checked out first thing the next morning, but not before my friend uh, had heard the emergency services being called in the middle of the night because the wardrobe had fallen on top of two particularly adventurous sex antic people. The whole thing was terrible. I mean, if Rocky Flintstone ever got to hear about this, it would spur him on to write a whole new sequence of novels, I would imagine. So just out of interest, what was the name of this? Um, <laughs> Raunchy. The Raunchy Ranch. That's no, I can't Rocky. remember, but it was just down the road from Kaya Mayor. Oh, yes. I in, in Mallorca. Yes, yeah, but, you know, as my friend and I said to each other, uh, on our way back to the original hotel, we actually would have, Preferred to spend the night with a dead body. I was going to say, I mean, because they can't do any damage <laughs> and they certainly can't make any noise. So I would have thought, you know, chances are you get some quite good kip. <sighs> down to the pool for some sharing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we shouldn't be so censorious. Whatever floats your boat, says the woman who can't wait to head home for a hot bubble bath and some of those M&S chilli nuts because they both float my boat. <laughs> So that's all I have to say on the matter. Yeah, no, me too. I'm very dull and I'm happy to be dull. Uh, our guest tomorrow is Michelle Gallen, who is an Irish writer and she writes in a very, how can I put this? Fee was quite shocked by some of her use of language. She writes in a rather spirited way about young women. And her first novel was about a girl who worked in a chip shop and was basically an infomaniac. I mean, the nicest possible way. Her second novel is uh, about um, a young woman who basically can't wait to get out of her small hometown in Northern Ireland and escape to the big city, in her case, London. And um, But she has a very interesting last summer at home. So I'm looking forward to talking to Michelle Gallant tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it as well, Jane, but we've, we've just had so much sex and it's only Monday. Yeah. Never mind. Let's, we'll, we'll try and focus on other things from Wednesday. Jane and Fee at times.radio if you want to take part in whatever this is. <laughs> I really lost sight of the shape of it now. <laughs> You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you liked what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this, but live. Uh, then you can, Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 at the Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.